the cause of the exile and the way to redemption. We learn the idea of exile from the story of the exile of the children of Israel in Egypt. Indeed, the dictionary definition of the word exile is the state of forced absence from one's country or home. Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, the Kabbalist, asks what constitutes exile by investigating the word for exile in Hebrew. This is gola. And in fact, it has exactly the same letters as the word in Hebrew for redemption, geula, except that exile, gola, lacks the letter aleph. This aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, has numerical value of one and refers to the aleph, the one, God himself. From this simple explanation, we learn that the state of exile is the state of consciousness in which we have lost our connection to God, Gola. Redemption, Gula, is the regaining of that connection. In the view of this understanding, let's have a new look at that dictionary definition. We said that exile is the state of forced absence from our home. Our home is our connection with God. It is our soul. We have come home when we can think, speak and act from the presence of God within us. When we allow our soul to express itself through us. Indeed, the final redemption promises us that then we will fully feel and experience the presence of God within us. As the prophet Jeremiah says, then no man will teach his neighbor or his brother about God, but all will know me from the smallest to the greatest, says the Lord. But until the final redemption, we all experience times of exile, when we feel remote and cut off from our inner self, connecting instead with the wills to receive for ourselves alone. How does the state of consciousness of exile come about? Why do we do that? When Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag was on a journey, he used to write letters to his students and they would write back to him. And today this correspondence forms a treasury of spiritual wisdom. It is from this great treasury that we can find an answer to our question. In a letter that Rabbi Ashlag wrote when he had gone back to Warsaw to pick up the children who had been left behind when the family emigrated to Israel, Rabbi Ashlag wrote to his students on the subject of the exile of the children of Israel in Egypt. He starts off his letter with a statement from the Talmud that deals with the rules of the cities of refuge. These were cities that Moses was commanded to designate as cities in which a person who, if he had accidentally killed someone, could find refuge in order to escape the vengeance of the family of the dead man. It was to stop a cycle of bloodshed, okay? And this was from manslaughter, not murder. Murder, the person had to pay the penalty. But this was manslaughter in which somebody had killed somebody by accident, not on purpose. Nevertheless, that man still had to be exiled to a city of refuge and he had to stay there until the death of the high priest. Only then could he leave it. 
Now, the Talmud states that a Torah student who had been exiled to a city of refuge because this accident had happened to him, that he'd killed somebody through manslaughter, had his rabbi exiled together with him. The sages of the Talmud ponder this situation and they ask, how is it possible that someone who's learning with a true rabbi, this accident could possibly happen to him? How could he possibly become the helper and aid of the angel of death to the extent that a person actually dies by his hand? How is it possible for there to have been such an impediment to this student's Torah learning and his service of God that such a dreadful accident could happen to him if he really was connected to a true sage of Torah, that he really had a true rabbi? The sages reply, this is only possible because the student, for one reason or another, no longer valued his teacher as he did previously. Because the student no longer valued the teacher in his heart, this devaluation became a reality for him, to the extent that he could no longer gain spiritual strength or faith in God from his rabbi. So, just as the student was in exile, so was his rabbi with him. Because spiritual strength or faith in God can only be passed from the sage to student when the student has a genuine desire to receive from the sage. But if the student now considers his rabbi to be of low spiritual stature because the student himself has fallen from his spiritual level, then he can't gain from his rabbi because of his low estimation of him. And now the student is in exile, and because he's lost contact with his spiritual guide, his rabbi is therefore in exile with him. Now, let's see how this process applied to the beginning of the exile of the children of Israel in Egypt. Rabbi Ashtar continued his letter by writing, the Torah describes the beginning of the exile of the children of Israel and their servitude to Pharaoh from the phrase, a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. On the inner, this means that a new governance arose within the minds of the people, a new governance from within themselves. Rabbi Ashag is not looking at it in historical sense, He's looking at it from the perspective of what is the new governance? What is the new king in the heart of the people? Until that moment, the children of Israel had governed their thoughts, their speech and their actions in accordance with the teachings of their father, Yaakov. Following his death, it was Yosef, the tzaddik of that generation who had guided them. But the Torah says Joseph died and all his brethren and all that generation. And what does this mean? It means that the reality of Joseph's teachings as the tzaddik of that generation was no longer alive for them. It didn't feel relevant to them. It didn't give them spiritual uplift. And because the children of Israel no longer valued Joseph as their sage, as their tzaddik, 
they fell from their former spiritual statue in the same way that we learnt that a student fell into exile and his rabbi with him. Now, how does it manifest this devaluation of the sage? Rabbi Ashlag writes that the children of Israel now imagined Joseph, the tzaddik, as being only of a similar spiritual stature as themselves. They projected their own consciousness onto him. So they were no longer able to be protected by his teaching, and this left them as easy prey to be enslaved by the consciousness of the Egyptians. Because the exile in Egypt was actually a spiritual exile, even more than it was a physical one. It was the spiritual exile that enabled the physical exile. If the spiritual exile had not happened, the physical exile would not have been possible. They could simply have just got up and gone. What is the consciousness of the Egyptians that the Israelites got enslaved by? Now, the Zohar teaches us that when Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, this is an action that was actually equivalent to the breaking of the vessels for the souls. The breaking of the vessels was the way in which the sparks left the holy worlds of consciousness and fell into the framework of evil. That happened for the worlds. And an equivalent action happened when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. It meant that the human being now had within him desires to receive for himself alone. And when Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, sparks of the light of Chochmah, the great light of God, scattered and fell into the domain of the klipot of the Egyptians. The klipot are the lights that sustain the evil. Now, these lights that sustain the evil entice the human being because we are all light seekers by our created nature. We all have within us our will to receive ourselves alone, our will for, to receive pleasure and joy. But we have to remember that light that satisfies that desire directly is light from the klipot. It's light from the framework of evil. It's light of exile. It's the light of disconnection. And if we want to reconnect, we need to act in giving, not in receiving. Act in affinity of form with the creator, not in opposition of form from the creator. To let go of our wills to receive ourselves alone uh, and act from the higher paradigm of consciousness of giving in faith. And this, in fact, was the teaching of Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and then Joseph the Tzaddik. To let go of the will to receive and act from the consciousness of faith in God. But when they no longer valued the, these teachings, when they no longer valued Joseph, they fell into exile. What does it mean they no longer valued? They no longer appreciated the strength and power that is truly to be found in the paradigm of faith. So here we can see two parallel situations. The one described in the Talmud of the student who's fallen spiritually to the extent that he even kills a man by accident. 
This happens because he no longer values his spiritual teacher. The children of Israel, who are no longer valuing the teachings of Joseph, the tzaddik of that generation, and who are thus a prey to the inner servitude of the Egyptians' consciousness. And we can find a third example within ourselves. As we saw earlier, the actual definition of exile is our loss of connection with Hashem. Why is this? Again, we need to find who is the tzaddik for us. Okay? And I'm not talking about an external tzaddik. I'm talking about the soul within us. Each one of us has the righteous one within us. That is the highest part within us, which is the presence of God within us. That is our holy soul. We tend to devalue it, not take any notice of it, because we cannot feel it directly. And therefore, we make the mistake of not believing in it or in its strength. We notice our ego impulses and want to satisfy them to make ourselves feel more comfortable, feel more happy in the moment. But that leaves us easy prey for fear and worry to take over us because we are not giving the power to our inner tzaddik, to our soul, our inner sage. Our soul is the highest part within us and through it, when we, we can regain our connection with God and experience our inner redemption. The Zohar says this explicitly. In Parshat Noach, it writes, when someone wants to purify himself, he gets help. And he asks, how does he get help? And the Zohar answers through the holy soul. Every morning, we say in our morning prayer, Oh my God, the soul that you gave me is pure. You created it, you formed it, and you blew it into me, and you keep it inside me. Each one of us has the soul within us. We need to believe in it. We need to value it. It is our tzaddik. Our will to receive ourselves alone is in direct opposition to it. So gradually, by increasing our focus on our Torah and mitzvot and relinquishing our wills to receive ourselves alone, we release our dependence on the selfish love and free up our energies to give meaning and space to our prayers and mitzvot, the words and actions which, as we do them in faith, will lead us out of exile and back to our true home, our connection with Hashem, our true redemption. May it come speedily for each one of us, now, in our time. Amen. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. 
Studies with Edita Cohen are available through the Nahoa School online. Details at www.nahoaschool.com or www.nahoapress.com.